This month, Streaming Things is brought to you by Chester Copperpot, Jillian Morgan, Aaron Layton, Adam Horn, Andrew Gray, Casey McCain, Crystal Trujillo, Emmy, Jeanette Murphy, Enza, Jen Robinson, John Collins, Kalisha Reeves, Kate, Kiki Newton, Stanton, and Valerie. Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, a special episode. We've got a, a little bit of crossing streams coming down the pipeline. That's the the, the the shtick we do where we talk about things we've been streaming since last we discussed it. Yeah. Uh, something you guys might want to check out maybe, or maybe you hadn't heard of, or just whatever. Mm-hmm. And you might notice Andy's not here. Which means only one thing, Chris. What does it mean? It's a classic Chris and Steve mess around. Classic Chris and Steve mess around. (laughs) You threw the harp? Yeah. I shot my shot, you know? Hey, it didn't fail. It just wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, it was a shot or that. It made it sound like it's way more whimsical than it is, I feel like. I, You know what? Andy does bring an air of professionalism and <laughs> realism I don't know to why the I'm show. Laughing. He really grounds the podcast. So when he's away, uh, you know, we can be little flights of fancy birds. You he's, know? he's off conquering more milestones. Uh, his lady Sarah is moving in this weekend. And, the lady uh, Sarah. They got a, he's installing a professional makeup mirror, which I just saw a photo of. And uh, he hasn't responded to my joke. I'm a little worried. <laughs> Are you going to tell the joke here? Maybe. Should oh, I? I don't know. It's Should not you? too bad. It's just I sent him a text and I said, hey, tell us because I live a couple blocks away from Andy and uh, we both own homes in the same neighborhood. And I said, hey, man, tell Sarah. I said, welcome to the neighborhood. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. And he sent me a photo of them uh, with their new makeup mirror. And he's like, just put up the makeup mirror. And I said, oh, that looks amazing. Uh, tell her I said, send nudes. It's a Latonia thing, which is the neighborhood we live in, <laughs> which I thought was funny. He'll probably I've known him since we were nine. I'm sure he'll laugh. I mean, if you're going to move into the neighborhood, you at least have to know the custom. When in Rome. Yeah. When in Rome, do as the Romans do and send them nudes. We've all gone through it when we first move in. I, I, that's what I did to the woman upstairs. My no, neighbor. I did, not. <laughs> I did not. I did not. I didn't even like to, 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 to dandy in that world. I didn't even want to do that. You just airdrop dick pics every time you move into a new apartment. <laughs> I just want everyone to know what you're dealing with, what kind of neighbor you have. All right. Hey, my neighbor Gary got me. I'm just passing it along. Uh, <laughs> hey, Gary, that would make getting the mail awkward, wouldn't it? Or uh, you would create a more inseparable bond. We are a unit on this street. <laughs> see what I did there? I did. I did. I did. <laughs> you uh, see, this is why Andy is a crucial member of the team. Yeah. he's. We're going to call him Andy Milestones from now on. He's mm-hmm. just been crushing through milestones yeah, living life baby while we're on the pod here but yeah that's what we're gonna do talk about some crossing streams and then and then then you might think we've already gotten to that part but, but then get into what we call after hours after hours which is uh, something we usually reserve for patrons only so you guys are getting a little taste yeah a little taste of us just kind of screwing around 
Yeah. After hours can be whatever, you know, we want to talk about maybe an experience we had in real life. It's, it's usually not TV and film related, but just our personal lives related. Sometimes listeners will send in, um, specific questions, like asking us very personal questions. We got a bunch of good ones, but I want to save all those for when Andy's back. Yeah. Those will be saved for like a legit Patreon episode. So, um, if you do like the after hours portion that, uh, Chris and I kind of have today, maybe you sign up on Patreon and maybe, uh, uh, so here's the, the real episode. Yeah, maybe you could uh, throw a couple bones and uh, maybe set up a Patreon. I do want to say, so I sent both of you a text last night. Uh-huh. I was at a Halloween party. Oh, nice. And I sent you the text. The text I sent to both Chris and Andy just said, premium content, I'll explain later. Ah, uh, were you a little creamed at the time? I was not. Oh, really? Um, th- I just wanted to make sure I sent that so that I would not forget to tell you all about this this concept, are, are which you... I will share now. Okay, I was going to say. Okay. So, long-time listeners, you may know that when Chris and I are the ones on the ones and twos and Andy's gone, it's a classic Steve and Chris mess around, right? Mm-hmm. When it's just Andy and I, those episodes are called Just Cream in It. Correct. Because we usually get drunk on them. Uh-huh. Um, well, I was at a Halloween party last night. And I was hanging out with some friends, uh, some friends I really, really love. I Keep haven't got to see that them you're a lot. invited to parties and I'm not, uh, you know, I was at a party when you, when, when you get as popular as I am, uh-huh. you get invited places. That's true. You yeah. can't even go to all the events. I imagine it's true. I've just, I'm just like, sorry, schedule's booked up. You got to mm-hmm. book me out two months in advance. <laughs> um, but I was talking to her, uh, and she had this wonderful idea, which was, Hey, uh, if you and Andy ever did a Patreon episode, Without Chris, that episode should be called Creamium Content. And I thought it was such a good line. And I'm like, I can't forget this because one day it's bound to happen. Yeah. And that will be the biggest parade ever. With Not, fireballs, I mean, with, cinnamon whiskey. I mean, I don't want to make sure I don't want to I don't want to tip my head too much that the episode you skip on is going to be real fun. And you're no, there's miss a parade when I'm not here. Yeah, I, there's a parties. Uh, here's what I'm getting from all this. Yeah, there, there's parties I'm not invited to. And hey. when I am not on my podcast, there are parades. <laughs> <laughs> Parades of fireball cinnamon whiskey. So this is making me feel real warm and fuzzy. But that's but that's neither here nor there, Chris, because it's a classic Chris and Steve mess around today. And we're we're gonna mess some shit up, man. <laughs> did they respond? Yeah. Yes, he responded he, to the text? He did. He said, Dan Carissa owed me this whole time, <laughs> which is my wife. Touche. My wife. My wife. I like premium content. I think it's a good idea. You guys can get some some fireball cinnamon whiskey or whatever you guys do. Because I don't drink. Listeners may know. So when I'm not here, they're like, you know what? The old nerd's not here. We might as well pop a couple of brewskis or whatever you guys say these the days. The cat's away. The mice will play. Indeed. Mm. Ooh, so I'm the cat. You're the kitty cat. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> cat man. So what's something you've been watching that you want to let our listeners know about? Well, clue them into. So I was fortunate enough this week, you know, House of Dragons over, Rings of Power is over. Still a busy boy, but I was able to sneak a couple shows in so that I can talk about because it's been a while since I've seen a new show. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to point out a lot of people have said, like, when are you doing Andor again? We're going to do Andor again. We're going to do a whole series wrap up when that series ends. I've continued watching Andor. Mm-hmm. I continue to love it. Um it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's I mean, a, the internet a is a show. flame with how wonderful Andor is. Yeah, it's it's great. So if you have Disney Plus, uh, if you like Star Wars at all, just watch it. It's so good. Uh, but the thing I want to talk about is airing, or you can stream it on Hulu, 
Uh, go on the Hulu app. It is a comedy sitcom um, from the co-creator of Modern Family. I'm just reading that tagline now. Uh, it's, it's called Reboot. Do you know what this is, Chris? I have heard whisperings of this. A lot of my uh, TikTok friends are really into it, but I have not delved into it. I think people who listen to this podcast should at least check it out for a number of reasons. There's one very specific reason that I think people like it. But I'll read you the synopsis that's on IMDb, which reads, follows, uh, Reboot follows an early 2000s family sitcom that Hulu has rebooted and their dysfunctional cast that must deal with their unresolved issues in today's fast-changing world. So think of like a Family Matters that was big in the 90s. And now, you know, a couple years ago, there was that big 90s sitcom revival reboot where there's like they were doing, um, what was it, uh, uh, like... Shit, like Family Matters and a couple other sitcoms that are like rebooting. Oh, uh, Fuller House. Fuller House, yeah, perfect. It's basically that where like someone is pitching this idea like, hey, I love this sitcom when, when I was a kid. I want to be the new showrunner and take it into new interesting places. And Hulu's like, well, we need content. So yeah, so it's kind of meta. It kind of makes fun of Hulu and streaming platforms in general. Uh, but it stars, it has a pretty pretty interesting cast. It stars Keith Michael Key, uh, Johnny Knoxville, Rachel Bloom, um, Judy Greer's in it. And, uh, one of the big characters that I think a lot of people are going to really be happy to see is, uh, uh, Mr. Paul Reiser is in this. He is the old showrunner of the show. He's in the diner. He's in the, he, I think there is an episode where he's in a diner, but he, uh, he is the, he there's was, been a Paul Reiser sense happening. I know because he's, he's great. Paul Reiser is. is phenomenal. He's such a good, and he plays a little different character in this one where he was the showrunner of the sitcom when it aired in the nineties. Um, his daughter who is an adult now wants to reboot the show and write it with her own voice because she does not have a good relationship with her father. So a lot of the storylines that he wrote uh, mirrored his real life, but she wasn't there for it because he was always on the show. So she wants to kind of like, Oh, there's a secret daughter the whole time that was ignored. And, you know, she's very like, um, she kind of has a much more, um, modern, some would say woke personality where she's like, we need to get, uh, writers of all faith, creeds, religion, and, uh, races on the show. And he's like, why don't we just hire, hire the regular Jews we hire every time, you know? And so there's a lot of butting heads in that. Um, so he can kind of come off as a dick, but then like, you know, it's a sitcom, so they can't, they don't get too edgy, but he will have that little turn where it's like, Oh, Paul Reiser does care. Oh, my heart. And then Kegel Michael, Keegan Michael Key. It's hard to say. You said Kegel. Kegel. Normally, I don't like to make a big thing about like kerfuffle about uh, mess ups with Do words because that's low hanging fruit. But you said Kegel, which yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, Kegel. <laughs> Old Kegel Michael Key. <laughs> Flexing. <laughs> now, Keegan Michael Key is funny as always in it. Johnny Knoxville is surprisingly subdued in it. Because you, you you see Johnny Knoxville on a on, on a, a marquee and you think oh he's his nuts are getting obliterated yeah. <laughs> like right out of that game he's going to the hospital uh, he does kind of play the character that was who like had a, a drug issue since the show s- stopped airing in the nineties and he's trying to clean himself up so he can like kind of get money and get back into the world and kind of prove himself. So he's definitely the like rougher character, but he's not like, Hey, I'm crazy all the time and I'm making bad choices. He's like, no, I really want to make be better. And that's why I'm most interested in his character so far in the show. Um, How many episodes have you watched? Have you said that? uh, So the entire first season is out. It is only 10 episodes long. It's very short. Um, And they're probably 22 minute episodes. Right. Yeah. Um, And that is the one sort of, um, the biggest 
issue I have with the show is that, you know how a lot of sitcoms usually have like, uh, like 20 episodes in a season and half of those are filler. Well, imagine they only had 10 episodes and, but still half of them are filler. So you're just kind of like, well, I don't really see the story really going farther. And then when the story starts to get going, it's over. It's like, oh, all right. I, I, you could probably have five more episodes after this. But right. Okay. Maybe that'll be season two if they get one. Um, which hopefully they do because it's a it's a fun enough show and I, it was it was a nice way to kind of watch while I was like cleaning dishes or doing chores and kind of peeking in on like Paul Rise or seeing what he's up to. Uh, but yeah, that's that is reboot on Hulu. Awesome, awesome. Well, we got two uh, new movies on Friday, November fourth um, that I at least that I'm aware of, and I watched them both. So I'll talk about the first one first. Uh, Weird, an Al Yankovic story. Weird dropped on the Roku channel. Did you watch this, Steve? Uh, I am not a hundred percent sure how to access the Roku channel. Well, I'm glad I'm talking about it. Uh, <laughs> if you have, so I couldn't find the app, like the Roku app, it's free, the Roku app on, uh, Apple TV. So you might have that same struggle. So I just watched it at, on my laptop, you know, I, which I typically don't do, but I typed in watch weird out and like, I didn't even have to create an account, but I did. Uh, to just, it's kind of like Tubi. You know, you just start yeah. watching. They don't give a shit. But there was Wild some, Wild West on Tubi. There was an annoying amount of ads for the Roku channel. So my understanding of this is like, this is their big tent pole. They know like everybody's going to want to watch Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al Yankovic. And, and so they're advertising their own channel a lot every 25 minutes during this movie. I can't stand that. Right. But I've had other people online say, that's weird. I only had one ad at the beginning and then it was, it was smooth sailing for me. So I don't know what I did wrong, but I had to suffer through, uh, the Roku channel. And like with <laughs> the stuff that that channel has is like such legendary gems as Jennifer Love Hewitt's the ghost whisperer, mm. uh, bones with Zoe Deschanel's sister. Oh, uh, you're yeah, a big bones you fan. Can watch that on Hulu too. <laughs> uh, uh, Reno nine one one, the movie. I'm just goofing. Yeah. New boot goofing. <laughs> New boot goofing. Uh, but I really enjoyed weird. Uh, if you're, are you familiar with weird Al's work? I'm sure you are same age as me, right? Never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an interesting first name. Weird. This movie is as it's two musical biopics. What weird Al's music is to the actual songs. Like it's a complete parody of biopics. If you're a fan of, uh, walk hard, a Dewey Cox story. Love I think it. you'll love weird Al, uh, weird and Al Yankovic story a lot. It's a lot of that. Um, and there's a lot of cameos from beloved stars in it. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is, uh, just amazing as weird Al handpicked by weird Al himself. And I didn't know he was jacked. Apparently a lot of people knew this. I did not like he's shirtless for a lot of the movie. Wait, weird Al. Well, actually, when he was young, yes. But Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter oh, is yeah. fucking chiseled. Oh, man. Yeah. He's shirtless for a lot of the movie. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm feeling some type of way right now. Ooh. When Guardian Levio saw, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Holy shit. Oh. Uh, and the mustache is suddenly doing it for me. Accio, that boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah, but there's a lot of cameos in it. But I'm hesitant to say too many of them because I had a guy on TikTok comment, hey, uh, it was a really funny comment. He was like, Hey, just for future reference, maybe don't mention all the cameos that are in the movie so that I can experience them, uh, 
just the same way you did, which sounds nice. But like the way I read it in that moment, maybe I was in a bad mood, was really dickish because he ended it with uh, thanks in advance. And like it just made it <laughs> it just made it seem snarky. Thanks in advance is never a polite thing. Thank you. Uh in advance, Steve, for that. Yeah, you're I, welcome. I, I, just, <laughs> I just felt like uh you needed to know the caliber of cameo. And so I'm gonna give a couple again. So maybe skip forward 10 seconds if you don't want to know. But it's people like Patton Oswalt. Love it. Right? Like it's that that tier of uh, Dimitri Martin, if you know who that is. Love him. I've uh, seen him live. So I was like, it's constantly an Art DiCaprio meme pointing. Ah! And it's really, really fun. It's kind of like Forrest Gump, too, because it's not an accurate biopic at all. They just make a bunch of shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Rachel Wood, it's not a cameo. She's like one of the main stars, plays Madonna. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And it, dude, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> and so that's complete revisionist history silliness in the sense that Forrest Gump was. That's why I brought that up. But mm-hmm. I had a blast. Almost everybody I've talked to has really enjoyed this movie and it's free for everybody to watch. So even if you don't have a Roku uh, or a TV, a smart TV that allows you to download the Roku app, mm-hmm. I was able to just go on my browser and type in watch weird out and it worked fine. So nice. I highly recommend that you do that. It was a blast. What else you've been <laughs> you ever, watching? Did you ever see there's a, you know, Paul F. Tompkins, right? Uh, he has a, a really good bit where when he was on best week ever, I think, remember that, remember that show yeah. best week ever, Yeah, they would, they would film those in like a, an office building. And then in the, in the office next door sharing in the same building, but a different office next door, they were filming like, I love the nineties or something. Apparently that was a thing. They filmed all those things in just an office room. And Sometimes you would hear the other production through the walls and you'd have to go over like, Hey guys, we're recording. Can you right keep now. I love the eighties down? We're doing nineties over here. Yeah. And Paul F. Tompkins has this really funny story where weird Al was on the other end and they were being loud. And so, uh, one of the PAs like, you'll never believe who's over there. It's weird. Al Yankovic. And Paul's like, Ooh, next time they're loud. Let me go over there. I've, I know weird Al f- from way back. I'll make a whole thing of it. It'll be really funny. It'll be a good way to bring the teams together. Like, okay, well, it starts getting loud. Paul F. Tompkins go over there and he's like, Weird, you gotta keep it down. And Weird, I was like, I'm I'm so, I'm so sorry. I, I know you guys are working. And like, Paul F. Tompkins is like, Okay, he doesn't realize I'm joking. So I'll just be even extra, more extra. She's like, You gotta keep it down, Weird. He's just being crazy and he does it like zany right he does it three or four times before he realizes oh shit i actually have never met weird al (laughs) i'm just like a normal person who's just familiar with his work (laughs) he just thought he knew him really well because he's such a fan yeah and he was like and i ran away embarrassed and so to this day he hates me yeah yeah there's Uh, this uh running joke uh that I love like the movie is pretty brilliant. I only gave it three and a half stars in letterbox, but in retrospect, like I had a great time. I laughed a lot, but there's this running joke, like, you know, his dad's trying to keep him down. It's like all the biopic tropes. The wrong kid uh, dad. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And the same kind of jokes. And and he's like, dad, one day I'm going to be the best accordion player. Well, technically not the best, but arguably the most famous in a highly specific niche of music. And uh, I just thought that was fucking hilarious, right? Because it's, you know, that Weird Al co-wrote it. So he's just like, I'm not the best accordion player, but I am arguably the most famous in an extremely specific niche. Yeah. Um, anyway, Gotta it's, it's a Al. blast. I, I think you're going to love it, Steve. Yeah, it looks like it's exactly my type of comedy. But what uh, what else have you been watching? Uh, well, on a whim, I started watching Ooh, a whim. A whim. Uh, it was one of those things where you boot up a, a streaming service and the splash page throws all the new things at you. Mm-hmm. And this Splashing one all over you. This one caught my eye. I started watching it. I kind of regret it. <laughs> 
But uh, it's, have you seen the Blockbuster show on Netflix? No, I, I wanted to. I thought it would be good. It's got Randall Randall Park. Randall Park. It's got Melissa Fumero, if, if you love uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, she played Amy on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Andy should have been here for that one. He'd be yeah, like, oh, yeah. He'd be, oh, hell yeah, Melissa. <laughs> love her. Fumero. Uh, <laughs> I remembered her name. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Um, yeah. So I'm only uh, from the movie Arrow. <laughs> no. John Travolta, Christian Slater, Broken Arrow. Oh, Broken Arrow. Yeah, Damn it. You're close, though. I, I mean, that's a good pull. <laughs> Broken Arrow. Holy shit. I haven't thought about that movie in years. Uh, but no, uh, Blockbuster is about a ragtag group of people who work in the last Blockbuster in the country. And they filmed it at the real last Blockbuster. And oh, did they? Bend, Oregon. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense because it looks, it's very it, authentic. That direction was great. Yeah. Yeah. Set, <laughs> set design. It looked great. Uh, so, it, I mean, stars Randall Park. Um, he's delightful. Like, if you like Randall Park, you'll like his. He's Randall Park in he's, it. He's Randall Park in it. Uh, Melissa Fumero is, is doing her Amy thing from Brooklyn Nine Nine. The, the 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 rest of the cast are I feel like a lot of them are kind of struggling to make themselves more than just the archetype of the quote unquote work family mm-hmm. that you see in a lot of sitcoms. Like if you've watched um, uh, Superstore on I think that's a Hulu show. Uh, Superstore is like the same thing. I think it originally aired on a- ABC. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a very similar trope where it's a bunch of coworkers working at a convenience store esque business. Uh, but the, the the thing that Blockbuster has. Uh, uh, on top of like super uh, superstore is that it's a known IP, right? And you know, one of the better jokes is in the very first episode where, you know, they get the call that the last blockbuster corporate is shutting down there. They have no help. So effectively Randall Park is now in charge of all of blockbuster. Right. And, uh, they're trying to figure out, well, how are we going to boost subscriptions to the store so that we can stay alive and we don't have to fire everybody? Oh, we're going to do a block party for a blockbuster. And they're like, and the one guy's like, all right, hands in on three blockbuster or like, we're going to, we're going to stick it to the mega corporations. We're going to save small business on three. Let's go blockbuster. And <laughs> Melissa Fermero's like, just before we do that, I just kind of want to say, isn't it weird that we are actually uh, fighting for what used to be one of the biggest mega corporations in the eighties, but now has been taken out by other mega corporations and we still use an IP and the store is actually in fact named after large IP that dominates the culture of film. And that's how we even got our name is. I just think it's kind of weird that we're doing that. They just like stare at her like, Way to ruin it. <laughs> Blockbuster. Okay, we did it. <laughs> and it's ironic, too, that it's on Netflix, who yes. the company that killed Blockbuster. Yes. Is where the show is. A hundred percent. But you're not overall really digging it? I, there's there's a lot of potential there. It, I don't think it's realized its potential. Like uh, Other than like Randall Park, uh, there's another guy. Um, the actor's name is J.B. Smoove. Um, he plays like Randall Park's best friend who owns the party source and strip mall that the block, the blockbuster is a part of. And so he goes in for advice, but he's kind of like, he's like, yo man, what you got to do is this. And he's like, get just given horrible advice constantly. He's really funny. It's just the other cast members. I don't think, and this might change with time as they kind of develop, you know, they have more screen time. They can develop their characters a little more. They haven't really kind of been able to shine yet. Yeah. So I'm hoping that once they do that, it'll, you know, come to fruition while they're there. Cause as of now, it's just kind of like Randall Park is just being Randall Park for 22 minutes. And after a while, you're kind of like, okay, let's, let's spice things up. Mm-hmm. Let's get, let's get someone to interact with Randall a bit other than. Is there a lot of nostalgia involved in the show though? Like, is it fun? Cause that's what I wanted. Like, remember renting movies and maybe um, some old, some old jokes. 
in the, in the, in the two episodes I've seen, there's a little bit of that. Like there's this ongoing joke that Randall Park is like a savant when it, when it comes to knowing what it is you need to rent. Like this guy comes up and he's uh, like, Hey, I just got to have a really bad relationship. I'm looking for a really good breakup movie. And a couple of the characters are like, Oh, you should, you know, they're doing all sorts of like, you know, standard um, breakup movies. And then Randall Park, no, no, don't listen to them. What you really need to do is watch under the Tuscan sun get out of that single person's lane and get into the Diane lane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so there's a couple really good jokes like that. Yeah. But it hasn't been super nostalgia driven as of yet. Other than the fact that the blockbuster logo is literally plastered all over the background. I, I still plan on <laughs> checking it out. It, just, it seems like a really low risk, like quick watch. Yeah. It's, they're like um, 22 minute episodes. It's if you don't like it, it's, it's yeah. not going to take away. No harm. No foul. Ruin a lot of your it's just an hour of my life. I'm going to yeah. be alive. At least another hour. One will hope. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your other movie that you uh, Well, that same day, uh, I, I also watched Causeway, which is the newest film. It's an A24 film that dropped on a Apple TV Plus. Um, and I loved it. I think it's great. A lot of people love it. It stars Jennifer Lawrence and uh, she, J-Law, J-Law herself. She plays in uh, an injured vet who returns home to new Orleans after uh, serving in Afghanistan and has to kind of return to her normal life that she ran away from. And so she has a, a troubled relationship with her mother uh, and her brother um, who's not even in the picture. And she's kind of struggling with all that. She hates being back home and, but she can hardly walk. She can hardly like she shakes and drops things cause she had a brain injury. Um, and so she's, struggling to even like navigate her daily life. But at the same time, she's trying to recover as quickly as possible so she can go back to Afghanistan. That's how much she hates being in, in you know, and around her family. Like she'd rather go back and redeploy. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of that, she has to get her truck worked on and she befriends her mechanic who is played by Brian Tyree Henry. And so the whole movie is sort of Brian Tyree Henry and Jennifer Lawrence trauma bonding. Um, and it, it's, there's a lot of like laughs, or at least a lot of charm to it, especially Brian Tyree Henry's performance. Their whole relationship's great. Um, like she has a job cleaning pools and she keeps like inviting him over to like, Hey, you want to swim in this pool? It's like 109 degrees out. And, uh, anyway, I, you want to swim in this pool? It, it's, it's a really calm, water's fine, quiet drama. It's very powerful and moving. Um, and if you are a fan of early Jennifer Lawrence, like winter's bone and you've forgotten somehow what an incredible actress she is, uh, or you're unaware of how powerful of an actor Brian Tyree Henry is, I highly recommend you check this movie out. It's only like 93 minutes. Um, and it's just really well done. It's a breeze. It's a great drama. Highly recommend it. Again, that's called Causeway and it's on Apple TV plus. Um, you got anything else you want to plug Steve? Mm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Buffering? No, I do not. Have you seen The Peripheral? No, I was going to ask you that. Okay, Chloe Grace I have not either. We've had a bunch of people, like, I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of I the show. I didn't expect it to be any good, to be honest until with you, but couple, I've heard it's great. Yeah, until a couple of days ago, I, I hadn't heard of it at all, and then a bunch of people on Discord and Patreon are like, are you guys watching The Peripheral? The Peripheral? And I'm like, it's caught me off guard, so I wanted to see if you had watched it. I want to check it out either tonight or tomorrow. I will at least watch the first episode. Mm -hmm. um, big fan of Chloe Grace Moretz ever since Let Me In, uh, which, you know, Let the Right One In is a better movie, but I really like Let Me In. And I was, you know, her character in, in Hit Girl and Kick-Ass. Like, she, oh, yeah. I, I've liked her, and I think she has made some pretty bad stuff a lot since then, right? And I know that she's a, a really good performer, so... 
uh, I wanted, I think Amazon studios kind of lets me down a lot. I feel like, so I just kind of put it off my, my list. Cause it, it, my list is so long already, mm-hmm. but I'm heard I'm hearing a lot of really good things, like a good sci-fi show. So I love me a good sci-fi show. I do plan on checking. Uh, there's a movie called Vesper. I want to watch too. It's a, it's a really like low budget indie sci-fi movie that I think you should watch Steve. It, it's a, only available on digital rental, I think. Um, but that's a movie that like nobody's watching. I just found it on Apple TV. Oh, it looks dope. Yeah. I just pulled up on IMDb and the first frame is really cool. It's good. It looks gorgeous. And yeah, I've heard cow. it's like a sleeper, awesome movie that like nobody will watch. And so let me know if you've seen that. You can write in streaming things pod at gmail.com. I want to watch it soon. It's called Vesper. Um, Screen grab. But I do want to plug one real quick. I went to the theater and I watched. Uh, <laughs> so I was supposed to see Armageddon time. Did I tell you the story? Oh, so you can finally forget about Morbin time. <laughs> yes, right. I was like, hey, it's not Morbin time. It's Ar-. I even tweeted that. Like, it's Armageddon time. It's uh, the Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, work, Anthony right? Hopkins is in it. It's also got uh, Jeremy Strong and Hathaway. You know, it's it's Oscar bait awesomeness. It looks cool. I go to it's a press screening. So I'm like really hyped to be able to. So every press invite I get is either on uh, a day where I have my son because I'm separated from his mother uh, or I go to my uh, 12 step meetings. So I'm like, damn it, I've turned down all of them for the last few months. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to switch my schedule around. Uh, I'm going to get my kid on a different day, a little day sooner, which is better for us anyway. And I'm going to clear this night up. I'm going to go to a couple critic screenings, right? Next week, I'm seeing Bones and All, like the Timothy Chalamet cannibal romance. And that doesn't even come out for like three weeks. So I'm like, yay. But anyway, I go to this Armageddon time screening, but I'm like barely on time, right? I'm like two minutes to, to the showing starts and there's no trailers at press screenings. So I'm like, shit, shit, shit. And I don't know what the protocol is. I'm at the Esquire theater and I'm standing there in line for concessions. Uh, cause they have the same, like the ticket stand and concession stand have been merged. And I'm like, fuck, I don't need popcorn, but I just, I don't know if I can just walk in there. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this pass that I have. So I get all, I wait forever through the line. And finally I get up to the, the lady working the counter and I'm like, Hey, I got a press badge. I'm just, she's like, Oh, shrugs and says go and I'm like fuck I didn't have to do that so when I get in there the movie's like been playing for four or five minutes oh no and it is a packed house of like I assume you know people that got early tickets off the website press or and then press so I'm like ah and like, you know how Esquire is. There's not even stadium seating. It's super old school. There's an usher there that's like looking at me. I literally give him like the index finger and indicating, hold on a moment. Because he's looking at me like, what are you going to do, bub? And I'm trying to like, all, the only open seats are like way in the middle of whole rows, right? Yeah. So there's no way to get in there without like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. So I panic. I say, I say, hold on. I give him the, the, the silent index finger. I, I keep wanting to say, I give him the finger. <laughs> I give him the index finger. Thank you in advance and for waiting. <laughs> he says nothing, but he starts laughing, like chuckling, like you're an idiot. You fucked I, up. <laughs> and so when he laughs, I panic and I drive home. <laughs> So I never watched Armageddon time. That is the most Chris story ever. It was so sad. Cause like I paid how for- many times has something similar happened to you? I mean, where like you've gone some to a kind theater of, and there's something, some kind of anxiety some attack, anxiety pops in. You're like, I'm just going home. Um, a bunch of times when I go anywhere, <laughs> it's funny because I feel like I come off as a very confident person. You do. You honestly do. I, I have severe anxiety issues, however. So that happened. Nothing wrong with that. The following night, 
I went with the the plebs and just saw a normal movie <laughs> that was available to anyone. And that's where I'm comfortable. Uh, and I saw The Banshees of Ina Sharon. I want to see it so bad. I have been excited for this movie for so long. I'm a huge Martin McDonough fan. It's the same director who did uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, yeah. Missouri, In Bruges, love Seven Bruges. Psychopaths. I love all those movies. So I was, and this movie is amazing. It's got Brendan Gleeson, uh, Colin Farrell back as a duo. Uh, it's got Barry Keon. Um, who you saw most recently in the end credit scene of the Batman as presumably Joker. Um, he, oh, that dude. his, yeah. The guy that like kind of freaks us out, but his performance was incredible. Like he it's, it's a, if you know, Martin McDonough's style, it's, it's hilarious, but also one of the saddest things I've ever seen at the same time. Uh, I ruined my whole fucking night cause I saw it at seven o'clock. I got home at like nine 30 and I was depressed until like one and then went to bed, but in like a good way, you know, it was a cathartic depression, mm-hmm. you know, existential. Um, it's going to be probably nominated for best picture. There's going to be some performances nominated. I don't know if it'll win, uh, but it, it deserves to be up there. I had a great time, uh, with Banshees of Venus Sharon and I highly recommend it. I don't know if it's available in your area. That's why I can't recommend it to everybody globally because I have friends in the UK that saw it weeks ago and then it, I think it just became available where we're at last weekend. Yeah. So who knows if you can see it, but just check your local theater. I, I really recommend that you see it. I hope that you support it and that's Banshees of Venus Sharon. Dude, I, um, I really want to get back into the movie theater. You know, the last time I've been to the movie theater was to see Marcel, the show with shoes on, like in the beginning of August. Oh, wow. And I've been giving AMC that money. That's me too. My, my, my daughter was born late July. Mm-hmm. I've only been, I saw bodies, bodies, bodies in August, right around the time Marcel was out, I think. Mm-hmm. And something else. And yeah, I just been paying for AMC stubs, a list for no reason ever since. And I really want to, cause I, I love, I, dude, I love going to the movie theater. It's like one Me of my too. favorite things to do, but like, we've been so busy with the show and yeah. House of the Dragon Rings of Power was kind of the reason it was like, if I'm going to, you know, leave my home, leave her with the baby other than my day job, you know, three, two to three nights a week. Right. And then add like, Hey, I'm going to the movies. That seemed pretty selfish. So right. I didn't even ask. I'm sure she would support me in doing that, but I didn't even ask. So, but now I'm like, we're chilling down a little bit. I'm like, I gotta go watch these movies. Yeah. We're going to really, we're going to release uh, our foot off the gas pedal for a month or so to kind of recoup from all the energy we spent for those two shows. Uh, we're going to go see Wakanda forever this week. Right. Are you in that screening with us? I think so. This Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. And I'm Wednesday. I'm seeing bones and all. Is that this week? Yeah. I, you looked yeah. at me as if I was going to it's that. bones and all. And I've then got the, I've got my press pass. <laughs> and then Thursday, it'll be Wakanda forever. And then I'm going to buy immediately buy tickets for the menu, which comes out on the 17th. Oh, that looks good. It looks so fucking good. And so am I allowed to follow you? Like when you got your little press pass. And I you, can, I just didn't go into the theater. Am I allowed to like, I'll, I'll make a little badge myself that just says plus one and I'll walk behind you and just hold it up and I'll, I'll, I'll hold the plus one up and then point at you and then make direct, uh, direct eye contact with the usher as we walk. And it's like plus one I'm the plus one. So I don't know if that is okay, but they allow me, they ask me if I'm bringing anyone when they invite me to these things. Mm-hmm. And I always say no. So I can tell them yes. Yes, queen. And the way that that employee acted when I showed her my press badge, she, I mean, she barely looked at it and she said, shoe, go away. Sure. <laughs> I got I'm sure your sling. plus one piece of paper would actually work. <laughs> I used to work in a movie theater. I know what you got to do. Yeah. You just got to walk in with confidence and have a piece of paper and everyone is like, sure, dude, go on in. Don't that's care. That's everything in life. Yeah, man. That's why I just have panic attacks everywhere I go. Cause I know that's the secret baby confidence. You know what I have in my pocket right here? 
Cymbalta? Plus one. Oh. <laughs> That's right. I can do that joke because the cameras aren't on. Yeah, so no did. one can call me out for they it. They assumed it was a real plus one symbol. <laughs> so that's what we've been watching. Let's get into our after hours segment. After hours. And just kind of shoot the shit. Mm. Uh, there is some movie news. I know it doesn't have to be movie related, but uh, big news. Big, big news. Henry Cavill has been replaced on The Witcher. You heard this, Steve? I have with Liam Hemsworth. You might remember him as Gale from the hunger games. You might remember him as the second best Hemsworth, which is appropriate because now he's going to be the second best, uh, Gerald. Is he second best? Probably. Probably. What is the other Hemsworth name? I can't remember his name, but he's in Westworld. Yeah. I can't remember his name. So yeah. Paul. Liam's the better one. I'm going to look it up. Carl. John. No. Hemsworthers. Luke. Luke. Luke Hemsworth? Really? Yep. I should have remembered Luke. Yeah, he's in uh, Westworld. Yeah, he's in Westworld. He's also actor Thor in Thor Ragnarok and Thor Love and Thunder. And he's a personal trainer in Thor the Dark World. So apparently he's just been uh, hanging on Chris's success. (laughs) Those are his three of the four biggest IMDb things. I hey man, be, I should be laughing. You got you to get it where you can. Chris Hemsworth's coattails are, are massive. It is just like his py- pythons. Mm-hmm. So you can ride those. But so that's sad. He will be in season three. So I, my understanding is that season three of The Witcher has already been filmed. It's in the it's in the can. Henry Cavill is Geralt. And then season four is where uh, Liam, oh, okay. Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth will, will kick in. It's so weird. It's very sad. It, it seems to be. Nobody knows for sure. Um, it's a writer's issue, right? Well, yeah, with Cavill back as Superman, his schedule being pretty full and he's really just like unhappy with their break from Canon. Um, he was, he voiced those concerns in season two vocally. And now he's just like, all right, I'm just going to not be Geralt then if you guys are going to, I don't want to. And I kind of see the wisdom in that, like knowing how, like first he, he's a huge nerd. So he kind of, he's a huge fan of the franchise. That stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's a but huge fan of that. Also like from a diplomatic point of view, from a PR perspective, he's probably, being in the fandom, he's probably thinking, I don't want to be the guy that is a non-canon Geralt mm-hmm. in nerd world. Like that's, and it's probably smart business for his mental health as well. I'm not trying to last business. Jedi, the witcher and be the face of that. I'm out of here. And he, <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't want to go out there and have to lie to people. Like, what'd you think of season three? Like it's, um, it's great. I love it. I don't know why that's how Henry talks it's in his real voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go build a PC. I guess you want to hear me do my girl voice. <laughs> now a word from our sponsor, better help. The past couple years have been a struggle for many of us. When you're struggling like that, it can be easy to focus on all your problems rather than the ways you can solve them. If this sounds familiar to you, maybe a therapist can change your way of thinking to become a better problem solver. Many of you know that my wife and I recently separated and I've been silently struggling through that for a while. I wanted some help dealing with the problems that situation brought, so I gave BetterHelp a try. It was honestly such an easy experience. I answered a brief questionnaire, said what I was looking for in a therapist, and before I knew it, I was paired up with a therapist of my choosing. Together, we are making goals to help get the tools I need to become a better problem solver. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, I highly recommend BetterHelp. It's easy, accessible, and most of all, affordable. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash streaming things. 
And now a word from our sponsor. And this week, it's Wondry. Go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of Khazad-dûm, and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Host Felicia Day. Felicia Other- Day. Yeah. Otherwise known as nerd royalty. The queen herself. She's from Critical Role. She was in the Guild. Yeah. She was in the Magicians. Doc- Supernatural. Dr. Horrible Singalong. Mm-hmm. Dr. Horrible Singalong. With deep cut for only the coolest of cools. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's the host, but also has special guests to provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle Earth to life. Each episode is a recipe for strong gravy. That's what Disa would say. She absolutely would. And features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia also goes behind the scenes Mm. with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you won't want to miss. We're talking Mithril. We're talking Elven lore, Valinor, maybe Numenorian. We don't know how deep they go. Hopefully not too deep. But you can listen listen to it greedily. Yeah, all right. Please don't delve too deep. So rattle your dags, quick sticks, go <laughs> subscribe to that RSS feed. Do Ab- it now. Absolutely. Watch the Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. Wind's howling. Yeah, that's what I do. I love Warhammer. <laughs> he does. He loves painting his figurines. Truth, justice, and the American way. That's a Superman reference. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm going to redub all of Henry Cavill's movies with that voice. Do it. ADR. I'm going to give you a script and make you record it all. There's even a, there's a cool Witcher thing coming out way before season three. It's called Blood Origin. Have you heard of this? Mm-mm. Uh, it's a prequel. It takes place 1,200 years before the events with Geralt, and it stars Goodness. Michelle Yeoh. Oh, I like Michelle Yeoh. I love Michelle Yeoh. That's going to be fantabulous. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I think that's coming out. Yeah, that comes out on Christmas. Christmas present to me. Hey, Merry Christmas. Maybe maybe we'll cover that on the pod a little bit. Maybe. I mean, we still have to do that episode three of Witcher. God, let's just let that die. I know. I love that we get new patrons signing up like, hey, I can't. Something's wrong new with listeners. my phone. Uh, I can't find the third episode of The Witcher from you guys. And it's just something that Steve and I were doing without Andy and then stopped. So, yeah, because that was before people actually listened to the show. So we could time, do that. Well, we had a lot of listeners to the main show, but we still didn't have we had just started Patreon. And so we only had like four or five patrons. It was like Enza. And she's like, I don't like The Witcher. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was no audience on Patreon for it, so we just kind of stopped. and We just yeah. kind of backed out like Mr. Kool-Aid when he busts through the wall and like steps out slowly. Yeah, don't say anything. Guy. Don't yeah. say anything. <laughs> anyway. It's that, and every now and then we get to the, hey, where's the, the Rise of Skywalker review? Like, ah, uh, yeah, we didn't do that. because that was Did we not review Rise of Skywalker? No, that was when the show was on a hiatus. Like, we weren't even recording at that oh, point. Oh, that's we probably for the best, because we all hated I that hate movie. I that movie, yeah. With a, I, I've tried to watch it again, and I, I turned it off. Yeah, it's not a good movie. Um, if you want my quick and dirty review of it, guys, here it is. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. The dead is terrible. speak. The dead speak. Somehow Palpatine returned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just if they had stuck to the fucking vision, to the goddamn plan and followed through with the new ideas that Last Jedi brought up, it would have been fine. It would have been great. But what they did was they freaked out because a bunch of neckbeards on Reddit got upset and were mm-hmm. like, dude, let's get I had the lady and yeah. let's make fun of the woman who plays Rose. 
And what they did is they freaked out. They're like, oh, no, no, we got to go back to the nostalgia shit. Uh, uh, Palpatine returned? And so by trying to... They just alienated everybody. Yeah, trying to appease these neckbeards, they alienated everybody. And so everyone hates that movie. It's And it's just not good. It makes no sense. And it like, it doesn't make... It, it just, it hurts the following two movies before it. Yes, so retroactively. I, really, I think if they followed through with the ideas of what Last Jedi brought up... Um, no, I'm not saying the Colin Trevorrow movie because he was originally going to do the third one and he had his own script and you can go and read that script yeah, for yourself. You've read it, right? I have. I'm not saying that movie would have been better than Rise of Skywalker because Colin Trevorrow is also kind of a hack. But mm-hmm. like, um, at least it followed through with the idea and it like wrapped up the story in a button and it kept with the themes and didn't just hard reverse and throw in a Hail Mary that makes no sense at the last play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sports metaphor. <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> Hail Mary, baby. Yeah, so that's quick and dirty thoughts on Rise of Skywalker. But Babu Freak is a hero. I will say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. sad because I think C-3PO's best Star Wars movie is Rise of Skywalker. And I say that. Is it the one with the red arm and stuff? Yeah. Uh, no, well, he has the red arm in Force Awakens. And that was his best movie because of the red arm joke. <laughs> <laughs> but C-3PO and Rise of Skywalker is legitimately funny. He has a very touching moment. And it's like the most emotional thing that that character's ever had through the all movies. And it's a shame that that is buried in that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I'm a Raylo guy. You're Raylo. You ship Raylo. I do. You know what? Same. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what, that's what we could have had. You know, if I was, if I was in charge. I mean, I get it. I know. I, I understand wanting Finn to get together with Ray because uh, we like Finn. Uh, I want Finn to be happy. Uh, but you cannot, <laughs> you guys, you cannot deny that sexual energy between the two of them. It was the, palpable. It was, I could feel it on me. They went, instead <laughs> of palpable, they went with Palpatine. They just misread yeah. my notes. And, and they were like, I am Snoke. <laughs> Damn it, man. But yeah, other than that, what's going on? Have you gotten to the, uh, oh no, that's a spoiler. I'm not going to talk about it. I was going to bring up Andor again. Um, but what's going on with me? Are you asking what's going on with me? No, yeah, it's after hours. It. Well, I mean, dude, you're wearing pants. So I don't know how this is going to go. So I'm in the last class of improv currently. Like the highest level too, right? The highest What are you going to do after this on Saturdays? So, um. Saturdays. So this is a cool thing. So the class runs until I think the second week of December and then we'll have our final show. And then I've graduated to class. Yeah. Now you're a fucking improv expert. You got a bachelor's in improvisation. I I get a little pin that says I are improv. And well, they're going to make it (laughs) at that moment. They're just going to hammer it out. Yeah. And they're like, it looks like shit, but Hey, improvise it. It says yes. And, (laughs) um, but once you once you graduate the class, then you can audition for house teams and be on actual like troops that perform for actual crowds. That are you going to be like a carny and travel the world? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, I'm going to eventually be the geek. I'm essentially going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to be the same level as like a Tina Fey, you know, one of those mm-hmm. <laughs> Chicago improv people. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm going to be at their level. No, not really. Uh, but the cool thing is. So I think uh, tryouts for the the actual house teams aren't until March of next year. Oh, you got to try out. You have to try. You have to audition. You have to audition, and if they like you, then you become part of the team. Are they? Do they pay you? I don't honestly know. I think you get a cut of it. I would imagine you get paid. I would. Yeah. You have to try out for something. I mean, I gave them enough money, then give me some back if I perform. Yeah. If I'm generating uh, revenue for them, but um. 
So, but in the interim, because my class will end in December, auditions aren't until March. In the interim, you can do, um, they have like practice team, uh, practice. Mm, <laughs> have practice yes, team. practice team practice. And you're basically just ladies in waiting. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're not on a team and you can't really try out yet, but you don't want to get um, rusty. So you can, you keep practicing with other people who are kind of in the same deal as you. And I got invited to join one of those this week. Um, like one of the, one of the, one of the people who I was in a f- class with previously, who has already gone through everything and he's on these practice teams. He actually made a house team, but he still does the practice teams to sharpen his steel as it were. Uh, he's like, Hey man, uh, we meet on the stage. You should come practice with us. It'll be real fun. And I'm like, Oh yes, yes, sir. Okay. So, um, we, I, I did that today. I did my first practice with them today with like real, real people. And that was real fun. Real, real professional improv guys. Yeah, Do you feel like you yeah. pulled your weight? Like you were hanging with the best of them? Honestly, I think I did. I, I did a really funny Batman thing where it was the Joker pretending to be dead to get Batman's, uh, uh, attention and Batman. I was Batman. I'm like, it's a little sad, buddy. Uh, you used to hold this the city hostage, but now you're, you've come to this. What what are you doing? Uh, and then I did a little French orc thing. The French orc came up today. You got so many characters from this show that they don't. I know. Well, like uh, we were doing this thing where it was a game where it would be two people doing a scene and you have to be, they want you to be very physical. So like make big physical choices. And then at any point, someone else in the wings can go freeze and you got to freeze wherever you're doing. And then that person would walk in, tag that person out and assume your position and then a new scene would start just from that position. So I yelled freeze at this guy who was kind of like on a chair, but like huddling. <laughs> so I tapped him out, got on the chair and huddled. And then the other per- partner in the scene was like, oh, Mr. Gargoyle, I really would love to hear your thoughts on what I should do with this cathedral. But, oh, thank you for asking me. I've been on this cathedral for a very long time. <laughs> That's perfect. I feel like I have a lot to say. Because they have a lot of gargoyles in Europe, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, that just fit perfectly. And the gargoyle was a big hit. Yeah. I <laughs> so I, I had a lot of fun. I was, it was a very big confidence booster for me. Good. Oh, so, yeah. Good. What about you, man? I'm not an improv guy. What? <laughs> I don't, I'm just doing the same shit, man. You'd be I'm, good at it. I know. I probably would have a panic attack at some point and leave during the big show. <laughs> I pulled your finger up at someone. Chris couldn't find parking and he just left <laughs> and he's supposed to perform tonight. Otherwise he's great when he's here. Um, that's kind of been my life recently. I don't know. Same old shit, man. I, I, I don't know. I just been TikToking like crazy watching tons of movies. I'm, I'm obs- I've decided who my favorite director is. That's a big thing for me. Okay. Uh, well, before you reveal who that is, can you give me a little bit of a inside baseball view into like how you came to this decision? Oh, it was uh, a purely feeling. Uh, so you're just feeling it. There was no logic to it. Whenever is this someone a feels would ask over me, real situation. Yeah. So like people ask you a lot if you're if you're a content creator that's in a movie space. That's one of the most common questions. It seems like a good icebreaker. I understand, right? So if I go TikTok live or something like that, hey, who's your favorite director? They try to get to know you, what your taste is. I feel like that's very, and my brand is, is very like, Hey, everybody, you know, art is so subjective. You know, I'm very non, not non-committal, but very non-aggressive when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I never really commit. I'm like, honestly, you know, Quentin Tarantino makes me seem really film bro-y and it's probably the most accurate simply because like, I genuinely love all of his work, but I feel like that's not quite true at the same time. So then I also bring up, uh, I always bring up, uh, Kevin Smith, 
part of my roots as well. Right. But that, that wouldn't be accurate either. Just to completely say, Oh, that's my favorite director of all time. I love, of course, David Fincher is amazing. Martin Scorsese is amazing. Steven Spielberg's amazing. I love Greta Gerwig, Noah Zach Baumbach. Snyder. I, I don't hate Zack Snyder. I like, I'm a big Snyder cut guy. You know that about me. Right. Uh, <laughs> but now, nowadays, like the newest director, I love Ari Aster. I love Robert Eggers. I love Julia Ducourneau. Right. Like, so it's like, what do I say to this question? Bong Joon-ho. I'm a, I'm a member of the bong hive. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Memories of murder is phenomenal. Parasites. Phenomenal. Love Snowpiercer. What do I say to this question? Throw him up for the bong hive. So I finally decided, uh, I was watching, so my process was going through the rest of their filmography. One of my favorite movies of all time is The Handmaiden. Another one of my favorite movies of all time is Old Boy. And so I'm watching their newest movie, Decision to Leave. Uh, movie sent me a screener uh, a few months ago. I'm watching it. I'm like, this is fucking incredible. How come every time I watch one of these guys' movies, I think it's one of the best movies I've ever seen? Like I said, that's never not happened to me. I watched Stoker. His, the only movie I know of that he didn't write um, wasn't a huge fan. I didn't hate it, but it was like three and a half stars instead of like five. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like interesting. And then last night I watched uh sympathy for lady vengeance and it's just every shot. is like a painting. It, it's just really uh, intriguing, dark thrillers. I love this shit every single time. And I'm like, you know what? Park Chan Wook, I think is my favorite director. I think I can say that confidently. Wow. Okay. I think he might be the best living filmmaker. Um, that's doing crazy fresh stuff. But speaking of Spielberg, cause that often comes up as like the greatest director ever. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of a populist choice. So sure. if you're like a snobby cinema, you're like ah, Spielberg. What about, <laughs> what about Fellini? The pumpkin spice <laughs> latte of directors. What about Federico Fellini? What about Ingmar Bergman? You know? Yeah. Um, I get that. However, you can't deny the man's talent. I was watching Banshees of Ina Sharon and I saw the trailer for the Fablemans and I cried. <laughs> now I also probably need therapy. See everything else I've said today on air. Uh, but that's just how much power that man has. I like this movie is probably going to win best picture. You, it's about filmmaking. It's, it's that, very, that crushes at the Academy. It's very like, you've seen the trailer, right? Yeah. If I, but it's been a while, but if a memory serves me, it's like pretty, um, autobiographical, right? Yes. Yeah. And I've seen the documentary Spielberg. I assume you have as well. I actually have not. Really? Aren't yeah. you a big Spielberg fan? Or I do, do I always just assume that about you? I love Spielberg. Um, I love early Spielberg. I, I'm not super into his modern stuff, but like he's still great. It's you know? a fascinating documentary in that you probably know this, but I didn't until I saw it. He grew up like late teens, early twenties with um, George Lucas, which you knew that, yeah. but also uh, Brian De Palma, uh, Stanley Kubrick, like they all hung out. Yeah. They all went to like film school together. and came up together in the yeah. business. Well, I don't even think Spielberg went to film school. I think the legend of how he started was he made films on his own as a kid and his early films are really fun. Like he, he would was put, he like 26 when he made jaws. Yes. Which is insane. To me. Yes. Uh, so he, there's all these like home videos of his movies where Spielberg, like his uh, practical effects were fucking awesome. He was probably like 15, 13, maybe even. And he would make chase scenes where people were getting shot at and he would put like dirt on the two by four. Yes. Yeah. Dirt on boards. And when they would step on the board, it would be a little bit off balance and it would throw the dirt in the air and look like bullets were hitting their around their feet. Little shit like that. Like, I yeah. love that. Um the legend is that he would just walk around. I think it was universals 
uh, back lot, like the actual studios. Yeah. 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 And he wandered in to an office and just started doing stuff and nobody caught him. And like, that's the legend of how he eventually ran into like a, a big studio head. And they were like, Oh, see what you can do. Cad. And like, nobody knows if that's true or not to my knowledge. I'm sure some people know, but Steven knows. <laughs> if only there was someone we could ask about Steven Spielberg's humble beginnings, <laughs> but, but we can't, he's inaccessible, man. Uh, so yeah, he's a legend, you know, and all those guys are legends. You could easily put any of them up there as the greatest, but I just think for me, I'm just stunned by South Korean cinema in general nowadays. I made a video about it. Oh, I, I just brought up Steven Spielberg's IMDb. According to IMDb, he was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. What? How did that not I come up in that <laughs> documentary? I don't know. But yeah, Steve, it's on HBO Max. You should really watch that documentary because it, it goes into Star Wars a ton. You know, obviously Indiana Jones a ton. Those guys, what was fascinating for me is they all worked together. So they would film like Lucas came home. I think I've talked about this before uh, and like showed Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg and mm -hmm. Kubrick. They all just watched the rough cut of star Wars. Yeah. And they were like, I don't really get it, man. And he's like, Oh, come on guys. It's, uh, it's hero's journey. Space was and Brian De Palma's the one that was like, look, man, none of that makes any fucking sense. You should have a crawl at the beginning that says everything for context. You can even have it going like out into space. It would look really, that was actually De Palma's idea. Yeah. Um, it's so funny how a lot of the, 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 a lot of the reasons why the first star Wars works has nothing to do with George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, apparently like the movie only works because of his wife at the time was the editor and they, she came in and was like, this is garbage. This is garbage. Like, <laughs> edited the whole fucking movie. And He's that's not why, a great director. That's why He's it was like, that was like the builder. only award that star Wars won other than special effects was editing. And mm. it was her, award. She's her like, you save this thing. This yeah. is amazing. Give you an award. <laughs> And then once it was successful, he was like, okay, well, I'll just let uh, better directors actually make this until my time with the prequel. Yeah. And like, and St Spielberg was known for going massively over budget and taking like uh, 60, 80 days longer than schedule. Yeah. Um, like Jaws was a nightmare because he, they told him don't film on open water, you know, use a, a, a set, you know, build a tank, um, which apparently didn't work for the abyss either. But that was the thinking is you can't film an actual movie on the ocean. So he tried it. It was a nightmare. Everything broke. Everything was falling apart. They almost drowned. Shark was shit. And luckily that movie was a massive hit because that was like ending his short career was what that movie was going to do. And so yeah. when Lucas called him up, it was basically a favor for him to ask Steven to direct Indiana Jones because no studio wanted to hire him because it was like, yeah, he's probably going to make a ton of money, but he's definitely going to spend a ton of money and take way too long fuck that guy. And Lucas is like, no, that's my buddy. <laughs> um, I just think that stuff's fascinating. Like, you know, that they're all kind of working together and that's why I'm yeah, not allowed to make movies. Cause I don't have any friends. And I think that, <laughs> I think that kind of also speaks to how insular and small that business was at the time. Cause uh -huh. you could, there would be like one goddamn film school class. And of course, yeah, all like the big all names seven of the of generation them. were there at the same time. Marty, what's up? Are you working on, oh, that's Mar Scorsese was the other one, not Kubrick. Um, they would all hang oh, out yeah, together. Kubrick's, he was one of the four horsemen. older than them. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't hang out with them. No, he would just be like somewhere beating somebody. He's making Marilyn Monroe. It's better for the crazy. movie if you're bleeding. Uh, <laughs> was that Marilyn Monroe? He made you crazy. And she was like, I know Shelly Duvall. Well, maybe, but I know that I think Marilyn Monroe says like she had a miscarriage because of him. I hadn't heard that, but I, he's a brutal 
Like he, he'll do a take hundreds of times yeah. until they lose their minds. Yeah. Absolute re- and that's, perfectionist. That's part of, that's part of his method Yeah, is he wants to tear. <laughs> and again, I don't agree with a style, but there was definitely a style of director that was like, I want to strip everything away from this actor so I can get the real raw acting. It's similar like how the military will strip you down to your core yeah. and build you back up as like a well, military person. I think when like auteur cinema, uh, cinema, first came about in the seventies, that was kind of like, they, they were a little too full of themselves and very yeah. uh, abusive and toxic. And a lot of people like blast me for not watching too many movies before 1970. And that's a big blind spot of mine that I'm trying to work on. But at the same time, I've never said this out loud, but I'm thinking, well, that was when the Hayes code was active. So they're all heavily censored. They're all heavily studio run and they're all like, assaulting women and like super racist and abusive and clicky. And like, I don't know that I'm missing. I know it's cinema history, but at the same time, it's like, am I missing much? You know? And I know that (laughs) Hollywood still famous for a lot of that stuff that I just listed, but it is less. Um, and more of like what they were actually trying to say with the movie is allowed because they still go under the thumb of the MPAA system, but sure it's better than the Hayes code. Right. where they couldn't even like, Oh my God, a toilet flush. We had to run that by the board. Oh, not, not to my Christian ears, <laughs> not on my watch. Um, I, we've devolved. Oh, that's the point of after hours just to digress. So that's fine. Yeah, so literally we can talk about anything during after hours, shit. baby. Shooting the shit. Baby. No, I, I, I the, the, it's such a bigger industry now. I don't know if you could ever really have that again, where you can have, you know, legends of the industry kind of come up the exact same time who are friends and they bounce. Yeah. I mean, that's like the four horsemen of the seventies. I mean, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Brian De Palma and Martin Scorsese all hanging out, making movies together. And like, just to imagine that, like when they, they'd eat dinner, have drinks, some whiskey and steak at the end of the night. And like, and you've got like, you know, uh, a star Wars, a new hope it's, you know, taxi driver, mean streets, whatever it was at that time, uh, all Scarface, all the shit going on at the same time. And there's like, Oh, well, that's a trash idea, Brian, you know? Um, <laughs> and now they're all these like super classic oh movies. God. It's I crazy. Would, I would love to show any of them, any of my awful little movies, little movies I've made. Let's just, show them Kenzie. Just, just Oh my God. You know what we should do? <laughs> what we should do if we're like ever struggling for an episode, we should watch one of our movies and then rip them apart as if we didn't make them. Okay. And then we can like, maybe we'll put them on like discord, like a link to them on discord. Well, maybe we'd have Kinsey, to, maybe yeah, I was going to say, we would have to let <laughs> them watch the movie to get the full enjoyment of it. And I don't know that that's okay if they watch Kenzie. And I think that's fair. <laughs> like, you know, as a podcast of people who are critiquing other people's art, sure. you know, I think it's only fair that we throw our way, <laughs> way worse uh, uh, submissions out there. And we critique ourselves. I also think it's time we make another movie. Uh, hell yeah, man. I've grown yeah. so much as a person and somebody, I, I posted a video of like some movies I was disappointed in and I'm generally really positive on TikTok. and somebody commented, um, do you have any ideas of your own that you'd like to, to make? And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt when I answer the question and just assume that they meant it like curiously, but I, I have a huge hunch that they meant it like, what are you doing with your life? And which is unnecessary because I'm again, generally pretty positive, but um, like I do have a bunch of ideas actually, sir, sir uh, that Adam. I want to make. I got the vampire movie I've been working on for a long time and, and a couple other book ideas. So I want to make those and the vampire movie, if I write it, 
that's only like four characters in a, and it's 99% one location. So, I mean, we could do that. It's very doable. If I made a feature film, oh my God. Oh my God. We still got all the equipment and stuff. And I, that was honestly, I've had children born. That was great. Love them. Mm-hmm. Wonderful moment in my life. I've but been they married. Gotta get out of the way of these moves. No, no, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I'm I'm leading to some more even worse. <laughs> I've been married. That's a wonderful memory of mine. But the ha- the happiest I've ever been in life, I think, is on set. You know, mm-hmm. or at least it's up there with those other huge milestones. I mean, I'm I'm not being hyperbolic. Like even though I'd stayed up for. 30 hours straight and everything was going wrong and it was crazy. Like 10 or 12 people all like, there was so much, even on Kenzie, like we're all butt ass naked. (laughs) We're trying to figure this out. Yeah. We all, everybody was, (laughs) (laughs) all of us were, you know, do you remember that as well as I do, Chris, (laughs) every, every movie we've worked on was just like, (laughs) we're all laughing. Like all we've had to eat in 30 hours is pretzels and shit and Gatorade. But like, everybody's having a really good time. We're all trying to make something out of this. Yeah. Um, and like, solve. it's like a lot of problem solving. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's some of the fun best, stuff. Best parts is like when you come into a problem that is almost impossible to have foreseen and then just sitting there like, okay, we have this much time. We have this much, uh, equipment. We have this much staff. How do we get through this? Yeah. Like how do the, we do it with those damn dames? We had to film at night and then so much shit went wrong that the sun was coming up. Uh, so we started freaking out, taping all the windows, like taping whatever we could find over the windows to make it look like it was still night. And like, Oh no, the blood's not the blood squirter machine's not working. What do we do? And uh, we just put the blood in a squirt bottle and had somebody slightly off camera squeezing the trigger on the squirt bottle when she was stabbing. And then she squirted her right in the eye on the first <laughs> squirt. And we only had one take at this. Cause like the bar is about to open, you know, cause we were filming in an active bar and uh, she just was a trooper and kept rolling with it. Good for her. And we went home to edit and all the sound was fucked up. And yeah, <laughs> that's the worst. And all the actors were from all over the country and they had already gone home and we're like, shit. So that's so, fun. So if you had, if you, if we did this idea, this is purely theoretical. This isn't a hundred percent going to happen. I just like having this conversation. If we were to do this where we were like, here is a movie of mine and let's critique it. Which, which movie of yours would you, would you do? What would you put out there for other people to view and then critique along with you? It, on, the only one that's watchable is those damn dames. And that's not even that watchable because Kenzie's got it. I just don't agree with the idea of it anymore. Right. Like it's just it, nudity. You know, <laughs> it just feels weird. Like here's Who my wants to see Chris's <laughs> penis. <laughs> so there's that one's off the table. And then. Uh, I think the other one that we did was like a, a comedy skit that's like nine minutes long. It's not funny. And it's, you know, uh, so I'm not even like, I wouldn't even submit that one. And so that it only leaves those damn dames. Mm. Andy's made one called fitness freak fitness that I would freak be glad great. to break apart that I acted in. Yeah. I would be happy to, but that one's actually pretty good. So it's like, yeah, fear worst. I think fitness freak won, <laughs> won the horror roulette that year. It did. Yeah. It did. We got little awards for it, but that's mostly Andy. So that's why I didn't bring that one up. I feel like because he wrote and directed that when I just acted in it. It's funny and it's offensive to me. You talk about me not being invited to ha- to parties and there's parades when I'm not at the podcast. How about the only one of the four movies that I didn't co-write and co-direct wasn't trash and in fact went on to win awards. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you're better off without me, buddy. <laughs> no, that's not the case. 
Uh, I don't know what I would submit. Like my, my first go-to thing is want to see a movie, which is our 48 hour. And, and, That's and, I, good. and I worked on, I really like that movie, but I'm wondering like if you submit those damn dames and then Annie would submit fitness freak, maybe he wants to submit one of, want to make a movie. Cause he was the DP on that. Yeah. He was the director of photography for that. Whereas I was the producer and editor and I like, wasn't there on set while they were filming. I mean, everybody could watch all three of those in like 30 minutes. Oh yeah. They're all short films. Um, cause like, and I, cause I have stories of it for sure, but like, I don't have stories of being there on set. Cause it was this really, I was really upset at the time where I worked my ass off producing the fuck out of this movie. I got a really cool location. It's like this rundown movie theater. That's not a thing anymore. So it's this movie theater that looks like shit. The screen's like ripped up. It's hasn't been open in like 15, 20 years. It was a really cool thing. And I got all the crew together and, I, I, I was, I could not be there for set. And I was so mad just because of work stuff. Oh man. Uh, but I, so I did all this work to get it started. And then I came in after they got done because they filmed it all in a day. Cause it was a 48 hour film competition. Yeah. They filmed it all in a day. And then after, and then I met up with them after they were done filming. And then I spent all night, I spent like 16 hours straight editing it so we can turn it in. Um, so you did all the bullshit. I did all the not fun interacting with people shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing but, but it's it like out really well i don't enjoy much of the process other than actual like principal photography is is a riot yeah. you know uh, yeah. I, I like the writing process too and that's the thing about those damn dames i still think it's a really good script i'm really proud of that it just director the talent of like making sure what's in your head happens on screen is tough mm-hmm. um like the whole idea of it being like a comedy neo-noir uh, that's why it's called those damn dames. And like, I love, like I was making fun of the chauvinism of those early noir films. And uh, that was the whole idea. Right. And so it, 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 it's a lot of clever puns and, you know, a lot of dialogue that I really still to this day proud of. And you can't fucking hear it. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> I, uh, one of my favorite writing things. I, so there's another movie I did in college called something different. And the, have, did you ever see something different? It's the old lady. Shapeshifter. I don't think I did. Okay. So the concept of the movie is there's a, a young woman who lives with her grandmother. She's taking care of her grandmother. Who's ill. Her grandmother is a shapeshifter, but because she's ill and she's reaching the end of her life, she can't control her shapeshifting ability very well. So the whole movie, the, the grandmother's played by like, I think six or seven people It's constantly, she's constantly changing. It's constantly like an old woman who's in a moo. Then it's a 12 year old in a moo. Then it's just a big burly strong man in a moo. And like the moo <laughs> never changes. It's just the body does. Was this inspired by little red, little red riding hood? No. When the wolf's in the moo and he's just like, <laughs> well, there, I mean, there was the wolf character. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, when we were writing it, uh, I, so I didn't write the dialogue. I came up with the story and then the actual writers it was Peyton. Have you met Peyton? Uh-huh. Peyton. And I think, um, I forget the other, the girl's name, Lauren. It was the only time I worked with her. I think her name was Lauren, but, um, they were like, all right, we're going to go write the dialogue. What should we do? And I'm like, okay, all I want to do, do not write it. Forget about the shape shifting shit. We don't care about that in the script. Don't even mention it. It's just a conversation between a daughter or a granddaughter and the grandmother. And the daughter is facing the problem of, oh, oh, I've got this opportunity to go to a culinary school and realize my dreams. But that means leaving you. And I don't want to So she just ignores the different shapes. Yeah, because it's at this point, it's old hat, right? Uh There are two family members that know she can change shapes. So she wouldn't react to it at all. 
And um, I think the script came out really, really great. Um, but it, it was, <laughs> we didn't have real actors. So the dialogue is incredibly, is delivered really cheesily, especially at the end. The, the, the old woman who played the grandmother is not an actress at all. And she's, yeah. she's like really hamming it up. So it's like, <laughs> oh, my fucking God. But <laughs> it was fun because we were having to come up with, you know, how are we going to do the transformation? Because a lot of it was done. You don't the, did you do whip pans with noises. Like whoosh. I did whip pans with noises where like we did like really uh, stagger things where like one one of the, the guys who is the current grandmother is sitting in bed. We follow the granddaughter who walks out of the room. She goes down the hall, grabs a towel, comes back. And we, so we're just panning from left to right. But in the time it takes for her to go get a towel and come back, another actor who's hiding under the bed jumps up and they just swap places real quick. So there's no That's cut. Great. Yeah. And it's a lot of stuff like that. And it was really, really fun to do. We did a really cool, um, a slider shot where you see the grandmother in the in the background and the foreground is the back of the daughter and they're having a conversation. She's like sitting on the bed and the camera slides behind her and we did a, a morph cut when you just see her back. So when it c- completes that move, you see the other person on the other side. So it looks like one continuous shot and someone's changed in a second. But it, it worked really well the way we edited it. Uh, I was really proud of how that one turned out. Yeah, it sounds great. A lot of these ideas, I think it's like now that we have a little better idea what we're doing. Like I'd like to remake those damn dames, you know? And we got like access to really good equipment too. Yeah. At the time uh-huh. we bought the camera we were using for those damn dames the day that we started shooting. Like Andy had like a TI 85. Does that sound like, like a real a camera? Canon? Yeah. Canon yeah. TI or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, man, it's just really not good enough DSLR. And so we went and bought a black magic off this guy. So it's like, he might rob us. He might actually have a black. I'm not sure. So we, we like, Hey, won't you meet us at, a photography shop so we can check to see if the camera works and also not get murdered. Uh, so we bought that the day we started shooting. It was so Andy didn't know how to use it yet. You know, it was just one of those panic things. And we, we were using lights. We didn't know how to use the sound guy was 18. He was in college a couple hours away and just really wanted to be a part of it. That's why we can't hear anything because he didn't know what he was doing either. You know, yeah. Um, Yeah. Start somewhere. But when we showed up, uh, I had, uh, like a, a five or six characters in that movie and, 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 and then like seven or eight extras and then four or five crew members. So everybody thought I was kind of fucking around, you know, and I, I emailed all over the state and even the, the main actor was from Georgia. Um, he drove all the way up just to be a part of it. He's like, Hey, I was on the walking dead a little bit for a few days. You know, he had a small part in there. And anyway, it's like, sure, man, you can be in the movie. Your, your audition was great. So I look around the room and you can see it dawning on everybody's face, including oh, mine. It's a real thing. I'm not fucking around because there's all these cameras and lights and there's like 16 people in this room and everybody's kind of like, oh shit. Uh, and a couple of my buddies that I had as extras panicked and went and got really drunk because they were like, oh my God, this is like a movie, <laughs> you know, which ruined everything because they were terrible when they were drunk. Oh no. Uh, his, uh, we say it to him all the time because his line was what an asshole. And it was supposed to be like a you know, I don't know, like a, a Chicago, an old 1920s Chicago accent. What an asshole. Yeah. It's supposed to be a Chicago accent. It's yeah. a, it's, it's a parody of old noir films. Deep dish pizza. Dude, he is staring right at the camera, <laughs> no matter how many times I tell him to stop looking at the camera and in the most like terrified voice you can imagine, completely monotone. What an asshole. <laughs> Cause he's so drunk and so nervous. <laughs> Um, 
but it, like, I really thrived in that. Like I, cause I, I, at the time I was the manager of the restaurant and the bar. So I was used to like being in charge and I, I, I was like, this is so fun. I'm like, no, you go over here. This is how we're going to do it. How about we try this? And like, like I said, I just loved it. We're all laughing. We're taping up windows. Everything's going wrong. The batteries are dying. Uh, but you can see everybody's lit up and, and excited. And, and then we wrapped the second day. We all, you know, I think it was like 5 a.m. So I took them to this local greasy spoon and we had breakfast for dinner. I bought everybody food and it was like the whole cast and crew was there and we were all laughing and reminiscing and it's just awesome. You know, Uh, I was like, damn, I want to be a part of this again. And we did it a couple more times over over the years, but. Well, hey, let's let it die. Let's make that a goal. Let's do that uh, in 2023. Let's make that a goal. Okay. We'll get something together. We'll do a short little movie. We'll, uh, We'll, we'll make it really cool. All right, I'll write some stuff and we'll see if anything sparks your interest and we'll just make it happen. Yeah, because keep in mind, like- Think we, about it now with our recent, we got this this show. Mm-hmm. There's there's some actors out there that yeah. listen to this. I, I I know just talking to some of the people, I don't know why I'm looking at the cameras. They're keep, not on. I, I'm ignoring you. I keep looking at the cameras as if they're on. They're not on. <laughs> He's been very good about like awareness, making sure the YouTube people aren't left out. Camera the cameras one, are not on. Camera two, <laughs> camera one, where's my eyeline? Where's my eyeline? <laughs> Uh, no, we've just talking to some of the people that interact with the show and there's a lot of creative people. Maybe they can help out in some way, shape or form. Who knows? It's a, it's a whole wide new world. We have a whole new, uh, uh, toolkit that we can, yeah, our hands we never know who's listening. We never know. Yeah. We got an email. I won't out them, but we got an email the other day. Uh, and the, the episode where you were gone, and I know we're getting late on time. We're going to wrap this up in a second, but we're it's after hours, baby. We did a, a review of clerks three on an episode where you weren't there. Yeah. And Andy and I were just being honest about how much we love a, the movie and B Kevin Smith and how much it meant to our, our friendship and our growth as, as people uh, that want to be in the industry and so on and so forth. It's like the whole reason we have a podcast is because of Kevin Smith. This modcast. Yeah. Well, you know, he literally told us to our face, you should do your podcast go make it. Fuck it. You know, that was Kevin Smith's advice and that's why streaming things exist. But anyway, uh, we got an email from somebody who works as a personal assistant to Kevin Smith. That was like, Hey, a huge fan of you guys, but also, per my job, I was really tickled about you guys loving clerks three and implied that, you know, she told Kevin what we said, or even showed him the podcast, or at the very least he's in the general vicinity of what we, what we said. And it's awesome. But it also makes me think like, fuck, I hope the JJ Abrams personal assistant's not listening to us talk about (laughs) Rise of Skywalker. You know, (laughs) we get a different kind of email. Dear JJ Abrams assistant, (laughs) literally name any other JJ Abrams movie. I will gush over it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's just the one I don't like. (laughs) We love you, JJ. Bad robot. Um, (laughs) Bad robot. I call it good robot. Yeah. I just think that's interesting to be in that position now where it's kind of like, like, remember I tweeted that shitty stuff about Mad God, which is a movie I actually liked. It's just a really weird movie. Yeah. And then the director immediately liked my tweet and I was like, Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's I'm not used to people looking at my tweets. People didn't listen to us before. I've been tweeting for 10 years to no one. That's what I'm used to. That's so weird. So before we leave for the day, we got uh, something we need to do. We got our November poll mm. and this is going to be war movie themed Ooh. with also what? What's the second runner up from last month? Shaun of the Dead. Okay. <laughs> war movie <laughs> and Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Will Shaun of the Dead win the the Veterans Day month I think poll? it's almost guaranteed to, honestly. Oh, man. Well, you know, people don't know what, uh, what we're nominating, so we'll find out. That's true. So you want to give him Andy's nomination? Okay. So Andy's not here. Uh, Andy is nominating the movie Jojo Rabbit. 
That's his war movie, the Taika Waititi movie. film. I, I don't know if it's technically a war movie, I mean, but it not, does happen during a war. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to nominate uh, David Ayer's Fury. Is that the tank one with Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, John Bernthal, I think. Um, seen it quite a few times, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm nominating the tank movie. I haven't seen that one. Really? It's a good movie. I think I also have not seen the movie I am nominating, which is the, uh, film three Kings by director David O. Russell starring George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg and ice cube. Indeed. Three Kings. There we go. So that's our poll for November war themed Shaun of the dead, (laughs) Jojo rabbit, Three Kings and Fury. So patrons will be able to vote on those. That'll be our, our Patreon episode for November or one of them at least. Uh, yeah. And then we've also got uh, something coming up down the pipeline, probably in the next week or two. We need to start it because it's going to take us eight weeks. Once a week, we're going to do a Harry Potter movie marathon. Uh, everybody in the discord for the most part was really excited about this prospect. So hopefully you guys are as well. We'll watch each of the Harry Potter films um, and, and break them down like we do streaming things style. Yeah, there's a little bit of an elephant in the room and we will address it. So, yeah, it's well, okay. We can even say it right now. I'm sure we'll, I want to address it at the top of each episode. I do too. Uh, I'm glad we're on the same page about that. I thought we'd just have a bumper at the beginning, but uh, we are supportive of trans people. JK Rowling's feelings and thoughts are not reflective of us or streaming things whatsoever. Uh, but we are big fans of the Harry Potter franchise. We hope that we will have a wonderful inclusive, happy discussion, exploring the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And uh, that is our goal. Yeah. I think the the story of Harry Potter is very much in stark contrast to a lot of the things that she who shall not be named has said recently. Mm -hmm. And um, it is a, it is an interesting case of supporting the art, not the artist. And this is a, this is a point I will make several times. I'm sure in the next coming weeks is that Once you make something, if you're an artist, once you make it and you put it out in the world, it ceases to be yours anymore. And it can take on a life of its own. It can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And fortunately, I think the franchise does, uh, is very inclusive and and talks about the power of love and loving those around you and having people who love you. There's also some things we could talk about in the world itself that are interesting that she chose to do now that you know how she feels, right? Like where the poop goes. There's there, that. There's and no toilets in Hogwarts. Where it, does the poop go, and Chris? The Dobby storyline, like, you know, uh, some interesting choices as yeah. far as uh, what house elves represent, those kind of things. But like I said, that's what we plan to do. So just know where we stand uh, on, on that front, very vocally in support of, tra- of the trans community uh, here at Streaming Things. But we do plan on doing a marathon for Harry Potter. Uh, you can write into streamingthingspod at gmail.com at any time to talk about your thoughts, feelings, or make special requests. Anything that you want to do, we're always open to reading those. We read every single email. We don't always respond. The more emails we get, the less we respond. Um, but we do try to, and we read them all, just so you know. Mm-hmm. You can also go to patreon.com slash streamingthings and subscribe to our show at a variety of tiers and get extra bonus content episodes, maybe even a chance to be a guest on the show. There's tiers where you can require us to watch movies and cover those. We're going through that list soon. I think the Burbs is still up next. I bought it on Blu-ray, so we could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to be doing a lot of those this month. Yes, we're catch up on a lot of that. Yes, that's our that's our plan. Now that we've we've lost the Rings of Power and House of the Dragon, we mm-hmm. can concentrate on some more of that stuff. Uh, but also, 
you know, we don't want you to incur any financial hardship. You don't have to donate to the show financially at all. We don't want you to, if it's going to hurt you, you can support us for free. Uh, follow us on Twitter at streaming pod. You can rate and review the show or at least give us a star rating wherever you're listening to it, Spotify or, or Apple podcasts or whatever. That helps us a lot. Bumps yeah. us in the feeds. You know, yeah. there's lots of free ways to support us and we appreciate each and every single one of you. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for listening to us and engaging with us. Um, is that it, Steve? I think so, man. That's all the time we have right now. My name is Chris. And my name is Steve. And this was Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Here's all the new patrons that we got in November. New, new. New, new. In the Try Before You Deny Man uh, category, we have Emmy. Thank you, Emmy. New to Marty B's VIP section, we have Carl DiMartino and Sean Kerrigan. Oh, we know where the party happens in the VIP section. Mm -hmm. In the Chocolate Pudding Producers, we have Laura Hardwick, Adam Jett, Jane McMillan, Katie, Alexandra Cordova. Good luck. Silja Hiljet Skatshim. I'm very sorry. I, that's obviously uh, Icelandic, maybe? Maybe. Or Norwegian, maybe? Maybe. Anyway, sorry for butchering that, but I tried really hard. I think it's ruder to not try. That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, try before you deny. Yes, right. try before you deny. What if Silja Hiljet Skatshim is a little girl, man? <laughs> <laughs> Cheyenne Bragg, Aaron Carr, Christy Ellens, Aaron, Toby Sands, Keenan Chu, Victor Weaver, Tina Gomez, SJ Dog 21, Kaylin Swift, Sharon Linden, Josh Seidel, Zoe Schubert, Andrew Diaz, Jada Haley, Nick and Aaron B. Thank you, Nick and Aaron B. And everyone else you said. I don't know why I specifically said their name. Mm-hmm. And in the Friends Don't Lie producers, we have Megan Stolarski, April Palmore Sullivan. Thank you so much, and Friends Don't Lie. And we've got some people who upgraded what? newest to the Try Before You Deny producers is Jeanette Murphy. Hey. And and recently joining Marty's B- and recently joining Marty B's VIP section is Jacob Schleer and Trisha Bueller. This section is open to all. Bueller. 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 Trisha Bueller. I'm sure I've she's never heard that never joke. Never at all. No, never. There's no way in hell. <laughs> she's she's, no one's ever been that clever. Now she's going to hear it four times this month. At least. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everybody. Woo! Woo!